From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serra. Thank you for inviting me into your home, your long-haul truck, RV, camper, taxi, your parents' well-appointed basement with the simulated wood paneling, electric fireplace, and the painting of dogs playing poker. Your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate in your cabin in the woods. Brad Olson stays with us this hour as we delve into his latest book, some six years in the writing, Beyond Esoteric, Escaping Prison Planet. Let me... uh, crib some advanced praise for the book here, a little blurb. A global awakening to the treacherous lies that have kept mankind enslaved and ignorant for millennia is now well underway. The Quislings engaged in the cover-up of corruption, scandal, and subversion are shoveling sand against the tide. Thanks in no small measure to modern-day prophet Brad Olson, their time and that of our odious overlords are at an end. Congratulations, dear reader, by cracking open Beyond Esoteric, Escaping Prison Planet, you have joined in this glorious restoration. Oh, look who wrote that. I did. (laughs) Um, And I was happy to do so. Brad asked me to write a a little blurb for the book, and uh, that is, uh, uh, I guess, on the back of the book. Is that where you put these blurbs, Brad? Page one. Oh, page one. Well, how how do you... Didn't you get the, uh, the review copy I sent you? It hasn't arrived yet. I'm anxiously awaiting it, but thank you. But I did. You, you were happy to send me. Or, uh, uh, I was happy to receive a PDF. I've, so I've read the uh, the PDF, and I'm and I'm uh, looking forward to having a, a copy of my own on the bookshelf. Uh, but it, um, I was happy to write that, and I mean that. I mean, this is uh, this is important important work you're doing, and you know people can sort of take from it what they will. Some of it they may, you know, quite frankly, uh, when we get into the UFO stuff. There's always a risk that – and I don't know if you feel this, that you're you, – you, there's a risk, a slight risk or a big risk that you might lose part of the room. Maybe many people are on side with, OK, yes, what's happening now with these lockdowns? It's, a, it's an abuse of power. It's an overreaction. It's soft totalitarianism. And then when you get into the UFO stuff, do you, do you find yourself maybe from time to time questioning, do I really want to go there? Talk to me a little bit about that. I don't really think you can avoid it. I think it has to be part of the larger discussion of our role in this universe. And that's called exopolitics. I love the quote from William Cooper. He was speaking in front of the UFO Congress. You can see the old grainy video still on YouTube back in 1989. And his famous quote is, you put the aliens in the middle of this stuff and you get all the answers. And as crazy as that may sound to some, to others who do study this and look into how ETs have manipulated and also benefited humanity over the course of many thousands of years, I do believe, and I document uh, contact even in primitive times through petroglyphs and pictographs, paintings of large-eyed creatures, paintings of dish-shaped crafts in the sky, and then uh, similar to, say, a water buffalo. They saw it, they drew it, because they saw it. And so many different modalities of evidence continue to come to the fore, as well as our some of our elected leaders, as Trump has uh indicated he may open up the UFO files. And look, this all started in the modern age around the time of Roswell. And I love that book by uh, Colonel Carso called The Day After Roswell, when it all changed, because the front page headline of Roswell is the Army Retrieves Craft, uh, UFO Craft. And, and it went on the wire. It was reprinted in San Francisco and several other cities around the world. And then the very next day, the shutdown began. The truth embargo started. That's why I call the second section in Beyond Esoteric the embargo section, because it is what is being withheld from humanity. And our place, our knowledge of who we are in this planet and our interaction with extraterrestrials is absolutely a game changer. It will completely rewrite history. It will put us in a perspective of now we're uh, universal 
in our being, not just confined to this planet. So just connect the dots for us in terms of how Roswell and the suppression of the UFO ET reality uh, uh, feeds into the the um, where we are today with lockdowns and f- possible forced vaccinations and and uh, the uh, the elimination of uh, religions uh, and and currency paper money and so forth how does that all tie together well earlier when I mentioned that there was a anti-human depopulation agenda, it may not just be these globalists who are initiating it. In fact, many times in these uh, discussions and interviews, I make the point of saying that the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds, they're more like the captains and the colonels. The real generals in this are these malevolent ETs, uh, these Draco reptilian ETs. Richard, we've often been taught to look to the skies, keep your eye out for extraterrestrials coming from faraway planets where all the while we should be looking below our feet for inner terrestrials that have been here on Earth all along, deep in some of these bases and cave systems. And I know about uh, half a dozen legacy bases that are many thousands of years old the most famous in North America being Dulce, New Mexico, that when the first Calvary was coming across uh, exploring in Colorado and New Mexico, they found a cave opening into the Archuleta Mesa, and there were skeleton bones of Indians that had died in a past battle that looked like they just got uh, wiped out when they were trying to go in and confront this enemy in this cave. This is in uh, Anthony Sanchez's book, UFO Highway. He's a friend of mine, too, and we've had long discussions on this, that they've been here for quite a long time. And this is how they get around that whole notion of prime directive, that they're not allowed to interfere with a developing civilization's uh, advancement. But they've been here, you see, so they're one of us. They're part of this earth, so therefore they can do their agenda as well. And this anti-human part of the depopulation agenda, and this also includes chemtrails, may be part of them terraforming Earth to be more suitable for them. If they can get rid of a few billion humans on the way, well, then so be it, because they think we're too overpopulated anyways. But this is all exopolitics, and it goes both ways. It's, It's also benevolent ETs that are keeping an eye on us and will not allow thermonuclear war exchange to happen, but it's also malevolent ETs that would largely be responsible for the cattle mutilations and human abductions that have been occurring for decades, probably a lot longer. But what we can record here in North America, this whole phenomenon started in in the 50s and 60s, Barney and Betty Hill and then they were abducted, and then you're getting your first cattle mutilations not too far from Dulce, New Mexico, in the San Luis Valley, where uh, these cattle, sometimes 1,500 pounds, would fall on a snow field and just show signs of being sliced up and operated on with very high-tech equipment, all the white blood cells being extracted, uh, all the soft tissues being bored out, with laser-like incisions, so many things that just cannot be explained with just a satanic ritual and no footprints going up to the mutilated cattle. So these are the things that I think we have to confront. Even though it's dark, it's very disturbing to think about, but it is part of what's going on. You put the aliens in the middle of stuff and you start to get all the answers. All right, let's go to the phones and begin with Brian in Toronto. Brian, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. I just had two topics I wanted to touch on. Uh, One from the first hour. Yes. Um, I remember you guys were saying something about, um, is this ever going to end? Are we going to stop what's going on? I personally think, I'm not sure if you guys are religious, but I just think the Bible is fulfilling. Because there's a lot of 
what's going on now, they speak about it in in the book of Revelations. <clears throat> what is your opinion on that? Uh, well, I, I certainly think we're living in prophetic times, uh, Brian. I would agree with you on that. Uh, and I take solace in the fact that, um, you know, we know how this, this ends. The good guys win. Uh, and I, I think Brad would agree, but maybe he comes at it from a different, maybe a slightly different perspective. Brad, do you want to, I don't know if you're, how you would quantify or qualify your spirituality. I know you're a spiritual person. I, I am, and I would agree the good guys do win in the end. And I just find it totally amazing that these announcements of our future could have been known so long ago and written about in the Bible and now coming to see so many things that have come true. For example, did you know that the uh, patent number for the uh, biochip is 060606? And they're also using a chemical called lucifer ace as part of uh the the glowing process to be able to scan your chip and see if you've uh, been vaccinated or chipped so it's 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 almost surreal how these things are starting to come to pass and so for your listener i think a person of faith should be not being too worried so to speak that that we're going to fall down this very perilous path and go to the point of no return. And I've come to believe that it's the Christians and the people of faith who are really going to save this planet because they're not going to stand up for this because they've been pre-warned that this is coming down the pike and they're the ones who are going to uh, be resistant to things like uh, biochips and perhaps some of these uh, vaccines as well. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Brian, thank you for the call. Uh, our good friend Skip is checking in again from Connecticut. Skip, welcome. Yeah, hi, Brad. Let me bring up two things very quickly. One would be, I don't know if I believe about these underground semi-communities. Uh, you know, it may be true. They did say that, for example, in Prohibition era, that they had underground bars uh, I don't know if that's true. And then I hear something about JFK Jr. still being around. And my second thing would be the vaccines seem very ominous. I was listening to the latest uh, podcast from, uh, uh, you know, your guest uh, from two weeks ago, uh, Corbett, and he had a clip from the uh, – uh, former uh, global VP of global operations from Pfizer from December 1st, and they said that th- this vaccine uh, does apparently cause sterility in women, they think. That would be one thing. And they said that it elicits an over-response if you get the virus in the wild, where all the cats that were given this vaccine tolerated initially got the virus in the wild, and every single one of them died. So uh, I think this, and the second doctor said this will be the most disastrous thing in the history of mankind, this Pfizer vaccine. Mm. Yeah, I don't, thank you for the call, Skip. I, I don't know what to make of the, the vaccine. I'm just, I'm wary. I'm not an anti-vaxxer per se, but I, I think I mentioned this maybe last week or a couple of weeks ago or on my podcast, not sure. But, you know, when a new automobile comes out, like when, when I, rem- I remember when the Atlas, Volkswagen Atlas came out and, and my, my, my teenage boy saw it and they said, wow, that's really cool. I love the interior and I love the dashboard and it looks really nice. And, you know, can we get that? Because we're, we're looking for a second vehicle. Can, let's get that one. And I don't know a lot about cars, but this I know. You don't, you don't buy the first iteration of a brand new car. You wait a year at least. You read the reviews and you and you see, you know, how this thing operates over the long term. And it's the same thing with a vaccine. I'm not going to be first in line for something uh, that we, we know so little about in terms of long-term effects. And we, we have to engage in some risk assessment. Uh, you know, if the if COVID is, you know, for for people under 60 who are otherwise healthy, the, the survival rate is like 99. I don't know, 8%. 
why would I take a, a, a brand new vaccine that's 95% effective? It doesn't make sense. And then now they're telling us, the World Health Organization is telling us, infectious disease experts are saying, even if you take the vaccine, you still have to wear a mask. Even if you take the vaccine, it may not protect you for X num- after X number of months. Even if you take the vaccine, this, that, and the other thing. What's the point of the vaccine? Yeah, you touch on that really well, Richard. And just to also answer Skip's first question about the underground base, let me just um, refer him to a couple places you can go on Google Earth and see the entrance to some of these bases. I include a image of Raven Rock Mountain Complex Site R in my book, and it's the underground Pentagon. So you can also look at uh, studies that were done uh, after World War II that we had to burrow underground. And the Nazis were fantastic at creating underground bunkers. And in fact, we got many of their engineers to come over here and build some of these complexes for us. Uh, The organization TOT was tasked with building underground bases for the Third Reich, and then they came over here and did it. I mentioned William Cooper. Well, he came out of naval intelligence came out with this great book called behold a pale horse and he has uh, many excerpts from these naval intelligence documents that he leaked and i'll just quote here on underground bases he said a multi-million dollar secret fund was organized and kept by the military office of the white house this fund was used to build over 75 foot deep underground facilities presidents who asked we're told that the fund was used to build deep underground shelters for the president in case of war. Only a few were built for the president, but millions of dollars were funneled through this office to MJ-12 and then out to the contractors, which was then used to build top-secret alien bases as well as top-secret dumbs, which are deep underground military bases, end quote. And this is a... This is information that's already decades old. And so you can imagine how much more advanced this underground system has become. And it is really a whole network uh, across North America, but even around the world. Uh, Skip, thank you for the call. Uh, now we hear reports that these underground bases, that are they are connected by these uh, maglev underground trains that can... They can go from the West Coast to the East Coast in a matter of minutes. Do you have any research, eyewitness testimony that, that, that bears some light on that? Yes, indeed. And they're uh, Maglev 2, Mach 2, so they can go twice the speed of sound. That's quite fast. And there are reports from uh, some people who were whistleblowers on the Dulce base where the maglev train comes to one of the upper levels, and there's just one sign that says, to Los Alamos. In fact, New Mexico, the state of New Mexico, is the most populated with underground bases. It's already a high desert plateau state, but it's also uh, where many of our top-secret laboratories, like Los Alamos, are built. And this is what they say where all the uh, free energy patents go to die when they're collected up through the patent office or collected in other nefarious ways. They bring them to Los Alamos, and that's where they sit, as well as including the Yellow Cube, which is the graphic on the cover of Beyond Esoteric. And this is one of the most high-tech devices that was given to our generals in the Griotta Treaty, and I do believe that this is totally null and void because the people of the Earth had not no say in the matter, but it was an exchange of technology for allowing these malevolent ETs to do what they wanted to do, namely human abductions, cattle mutilations, and stay uh, unidentified and secretive and uh, being protected at some of these underground bases like they'll say New Mexico and the Archuleta Mesa. But some of them are starting to get taken out. Some of these deep underground military bases, I mentioned China Lakes earlier, and these are very characteristic earthquakes, Richard. And if you look at the uh, way 
that the earthquake hit on July 4th, 2019. It was just boom, all of a sudden, straight up, and then down with the aftershocks. Well, I was out here in 1989 for the Loma Prieta earthquake, and if you looked at the Richter CL for that, and this is what I felt, like, goes high and then breaks down. It's not that boom, slammed to the wall. Well, who's targeting these underground bases? Well, there are white hats that are also known as the Oath Keepers. There is people within our government and also those who uh, have retired from the government, this new patriot movement, who are opposing this globalist system and this deep state. And this is a silent war with quiet weapons, and it's being waged right now. And it is even starting to go kinetic, meaning there are casualties and there are Americans killing Americans. It's getting to the point where uh, we're not getting the information we need, but if you follow certain channels and follow some of the white hat uh, information lines, you'll see that... uh, There was a battle in Frankfurt, Germany, about a month ago over the server farm there at the uh, U.S. consulate where CIA was in a gunfight with some of our special forces, and there were casualties. Okay, Brad, i got to jump in here. we got to take a quick time out. We'll come back. I want to pick up on that. And also, Yellow Cube. I'm glad you brought that up, as you say, on the cover of Beyond Esoteric. Back with more of my conversation with Brad Olson. Stay with us. Different views make great conversation. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. All right, you mentioned Yellow Cube. Again, this is on the front cover of Beyond Esoteric, Escaping Prison Planet. So explain exactly what it is, where it came from. Well, it came from a group of ETs that met with our generals, Holloman Air Force Base, 1964, during one of these Uh, exchanges of technology, this being one of the most curious forms of technology. We've heard of zero-point energy, free energy device, uh, crafts that can fly without uh, propulsion in different ways, manipulating gravity. Well, this is part of the Looking Glass program. And it's very interesting that Q made a drop about Looking Glass about a year and a half ago in reference uh, this ability to peer into the future. Now, the future is nothing but a series of probabilities, so it's never quite a crystal clear view of what could happen. But looking back, you can take a look at any situation or any historical event and see it with crystal clarity. So this was demonstrated to the generals, and they asked them, what would you like to see most people back in the uh, early 1960s, were very uh, God-fearing Christians. And they said, well, we would like to see the passion play of Christ. So what it does is it interfaces with the user. And in this case, they queued up this event. Jesus Christ was a real man. He was crucified quite horrifically. And they watched the whole passion play of his final hours uh, on the yellow cube in a holographic simulation. Most people who have seen the first Star Wars remember when they were playing that holographic game of chess. It would be similar to that. You'd be watching it, you'd be hearing it, and you've been able to also use it interpersonally and be able to look back at your past lives. To anyone else, it would just seem, well, that's just a hologram playing. But to the person who is viewing it, you would know that that's, real, because you'd feel it. You'd be getting goosebumps seeing it. So this thing could be very well be the game changer, uh, technologically speaking, whereas we will have no conspiracies that will ever be uh, disputed anymore. Richard, you may have to change the name of your show (laughs) if we get the yellow cube on our cell phone. I mean, talk about the next killer app. Uh, We're all able to have this. It's funny you should say that. I've been thinking about that for months now. It's time to to change the show. It's just becoming incredibly mainstream, really, what we're talking about with every passing day. Uh, um, Now, the Yellow Cube sounds an awful lot like something 
I've also heard about, read about, talked about. It's been many years, and that's the uh, I believe it's called the coronavirus. Yeah, this is the the supposed you know time machine type device that's buried beneath the Vatican or something. Uh, is is there a similarity? Is there a, a parallel there? There is indeed. So, looking glass is just sort of the umbrella term for many different time travel modalities. The chronovisor is what Andrew Basaggio used when he was in Project Pegasus. You have the yellow cube, as I described, but also the Stargate technology. It was said that Saddam Hussein had uncovered one of these Stargates that was still usable, and it was in the Baghdad Museum. Well, the, what, the very first thing our troops did when they entered Baghdad was to secure that museum. And secure it, they did. And uh, it was said that the reason was is they did not want Saddam to escape or destroy this Stargate. Others have been found around the world, too. This is a very ancient technology, as it turns out. I reproduce a picture of one that was found in Egypt in Beyond Esoteric. So this looking glass technology, while uh, has been used by our military to look into the future as wargaming possible scenarios, is very dangerous uh, tool to have. But it is believed that the White Hats now have it as well. So they're kind of gaming each other for what future scenario is going to take place. But my belief is if everybody should have access to it or nobody should have access to it, it's that powerful of new technology. And this is very esoteric technology to be talking about, something that could peer into the future and also look back into our past with crystal clarity. So if this was given to uh, the uh, the elites, let's call them, by yeah. the uh, aliens, what happened to the prime directive there? I mean, why they have no business in giving that kind of disruptive technology to one group over another? I mean, again, there's a prime directive. They're not supposed to interfere. That's a a very good point, and actually I don't have an answer to that. I'm not sure how they got around that. Maybe other to say that uh, they felt if they were giving it to maybe just this group of generals that it was still kind of very deep classified type of program that um, it wouldn't be interfering uh, with the development of humanity. But that's just my best guess at that question. But that's a great question, Richard. Well, you know, I would like to look into that more. Well, if Governor Newsom can lie and do what he wants to do, uh, the rules for the rest of us be damned, then, you know, why should we expect the aliens to behave any differently? Uh, Let's say hi to Bob in Thornhill. Bob, welcome. Hi, Richard. Hi, Brad. I'd like to wish you a happy new year and happy because you're getting the truth out there. Um, My question was, Brad, they keep ramping up the fear factor with the false flags. With Von Braun said that the the last card to be played would be the faked alien invasion. What are your thoughts on that? And what what do you think is happening with the base in Antarctica? Thank you. Thank you, Bob. Oh, good question, Bob. Well, and uh, as you know, Richard, just uh, two years ago, I was down in Antarctica. Yes. And uh, very fascinated with the the bases down there. And there are several that uh, remain under the ice, especially including the uh, New Schwabenland Base 211 or New Berlin Base. And if we have time, we can can talk about what that was all about. Um, But... For question number one, Von Braun uh, saying to his assistant, Carol Rosen, that the final card that would be played is a fake alien invasion. Once again, using holograms to simulate ships coming down and and, uh, attacking Earth and making it an emergency situation that we all have to come together. And in fact, Ronald Reagan spoke in front of the U.N., And I'll paraphrase his uh, quote by saying, what if there was this alien invasion? Wouldn't the people of the Earth all come together and unify to fight this foe? Well, 
I don't think they're going to come down here and blow up planet Earth. If they wanted to do that, they could have done it a long time ago. And now that we have backward engineered quite a bit of this technology, we can fight back. So it wouldn't be an opportune time as it would have been just, say, 50 years ago with uh, alien invasion, a war of the world scenario. So just a warning to everybody out there, if there is some kind of alien invasion, pretty good chance it's fake. Or if you start seeing uh, religious figures in the sky and they would use the religious figure to whatever cultural group it was. So, for example, in the Muslim countries, they would see Mohammed. In the Christian countries, we'd see Jesus. In the Asian countries, they would see Buddha, who would speak to the people. And with voice-to-skull technology, they can even project sounds and voices in our head where we think it's exactly real. And that's why we're saying now, ahead of time, if it happens, just beware. Even if you're hearing these voices and it looks very much real, it could still be fake. Speaking of voice to skull, thank you for the call, uh, Bob and Thornhill. Speaking of voice to skull, I'm getting, uh, I mean, I always get uh, a kind of a drip, drip, drip of emails, uh, letters from uh, targeted individuals, ple- people who believe sincerely that they are being targeted by some organizations, some individuals for electronic uh, torture, harassment, using microwave-type weapons and so forth. But there's an uptick in that. I've noticed over the last year and a half, uh, I'm just wondering if, if you're hearing more about this, if you're noticing any, any uh, ramping up uh, of this sort of these sort of mind control type experiments. Oh, I sure am, and a lot of people in the truth or community are getting hit by uh, CI technology, and it's not just voice to skull, but it could also be uh, a form of directed energy weapons. I, I know a really great radio show host that was yanked off the air because of what she was talking about and describing her experience driving along the road and just uh, the controls literally being hijacked and she going flying off the road. And it's, it's really a miracle that she survived. This is, it seems to be ramping up indeed. I myself have been hacked many times, censored as well. Um, I do believe I'm a TI targeted individual for what I do because I, have a way of articulating some of these hidden subjects that uh, perhaps the elite doesn't want to get out there. But, All right. Look, well, this is the Great Awakening, and we got to speak it. All right, Brad, hold on. We'll come back and uh, talk some more. The Conspiracy Show continues right after this. I want to go to the YouTube live chat and take a question here. This one's from D. Silver, who asks, Brad, will the economy collapse this year? What about food shortages? Will Trump win? So there's a threefer for you. A threefer in three minutes. Yes, they're going to crash the economy. Seems almost inevitable. They got to bring it down to bring in the Great Reset. Yes, stock up, get food for at least several months, as well as camera batteries and Second Amendment supplies for those who have those kind of tools. And just be prepared. Be ready to bug out and have a place to go if cities become increasingly dangerous or unlivable or supply lines start to break down. And what was part three? What's going to happen as we edge ever closer to January 20th, Inauguration Day, and some some are still holding out hope that the Trump administration is going to pull this out of the fire. Yes, they will. And there was a great speech given by uh, President Trump, just an eight-minute speech, outlining all the voter fraud that took place. We're either going to have a country that embraces voting and fairness in election, or we're going to have corruption on a scale never before seen and bring in a new administration that did not deserve to win. So it's going to be a very tumultuous time. People that I'm working with and friends, we're all watching this nervously and 
hoping for a, a positive outcome. And I do believe that there was huge amounts of voter fraud, and this will be revealed, and Trump will be sworn in for a second term. Let's say hi to Rudy in Toronto. Rudy, welcome. Hello, Richard. Hi there. I'm um, quite interested on your show, and my wife and I uh, follow it quite uh, regularly. I appreciate that, Rudy. Thank you, and uh, please send my regards to your uh, your lovely bride. Yes, thank you. And uh, the question I have is for um, for Mr. Olson is two questions, basically. One, about this vaccination. I've seen a video from Dublin in Ireland stating that they've never isolated the virus. And yet, how can we have a vaccine for a virus that we don't know? And I believe this may be some sort of a scheme to put fear into people so they get vaccinated and, and they take into this depopulation schemes for these globalization uh, ideas. I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm as perplexed as you about this whole thing, Rudy. I've read conflicting reports. Some say, yes, we have a number of people, a number of groups here in Toronto claim that they have isolated the virus. Let's say that they have. Let's assume for a moment that they have. Um, you know, does that change anything? I mean, do we still, do we still want to embrace uh, vaccinations in this regard with... I mean, at warp speed, this thing was developed. And now we're being told, well, you'll still have to wear a mask. And now we're also being told that we may need to have vaccines for all these various mutations. And this thing is going to mutate. It already has. That's what coronaviruses do. They mutate. That's why we have 200 cold viruses, because that's what they do. Um, Brad, uh, jump in there if you'd like. Yeah, well, how come we don't have a vaccine for influenza, the common cold? The flu, they're all related. How come all of a sudden we got to rush this one out? And Oh, by the way, if you get vaccine injured, you cannot sue the vaccine manufacturer. You're just SOL on that, buddy. So we have a lot of reasons to be very uh, skeptical about what this is. And there are other researchers like David Re- uh, Ike who say they haven't isolated COVID. And it is completely fake i'm along the lines with you richard i do think it's real and i know people who have gotten it but look with a 99 plus percent survival rate this is not the pandemic that they make it out to be there is no real justification to be shutting down world economies destroying people's lives and businesses over something that uh, is a little bit more than a bad cold. You know, in the province of New Brunswick, uh, I'm not sure what the population is of New Brunswick. Uh, might be what a couple million, maybe, maybe less. But uh, one, they had at one point they had one person, and this is a province in lockdown, complete lockdown. They had one person in hospital with COVID in the entire province. One uh, in Alberta. Um, um, they did. They crunched some numbers, and they basically, if you're under 60 and you have no other comorbidities, your chance of of uh, dying from COVID is one in 300,000. One in 300,000, and for that, they are uh, cratering the economy and ruining count, countless lives. Um, we uh, again coming up on a break here. This was a short segment, as I forewarned. We'll come back and finish up with Brad Olson. We'll take some more calls. Also. Take some more questions from the YouTube live chat. And I also want to find out from Brad uh, about some more of this, uh, this hidden uh, technology that they have and we need. And uh, also, of course, how do we fight back? Back with more of The Conspiracy Show. Don't be afraid of the dark. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Uh, I just want to throw this out there for what it's worth, and, and some people will believe it, some won't, I, and I don't know. Not an immunologist, not a virologist, not an infectious disease expert, just uh, someone who runs his mouth on the radio and reads a fair bit. But uh, uh, the idea that the, the virus has not been uh, isolated, uh, well, it, it has, a, according to uh, fullfact.org, again, for what it's worth. And, and it has, I read the report about Sunnybrook Hospital, a team there here in Toronto having isolated it. Apparently, it's been isolated many, many times. 
which means – what does that mean, isolating a virus? It means taking a pure sample of the virus from an infected person so it can be studied. And there are numerous reports of the virus being isolated by teams around the world. It's been sampled. SARS-CoV-2 has been sampled millions of times uh, from infected people, including those originally found to be infected in China. According to uh, Dr. Stephen Griffin, a virologist and associate professor at Leeds Institute of Medical Research, uh, and then it's some people are saying that that the virus that causes COVID nineteen would need to meet something called um, I'm not sure how you pronounce this. It's a postulate, Koch's postulate, primarily because Koch's uh, postulates weren't written for viruses. Koch's postulates were a set of rules outlined by scientist Robert Koch in 1890 to decide whether a bacteria causes a disease. The original four criteria are the, microorganism, the microorganism must be found in the diseased animal and not found in a healthy animal. The microorganism must be extracted and isolated from the diseased animal and subsequently grown in culture. The microorganism must cause disease when introduced to a healthy experimental animal. The microorganism must be extracted from the diseased experimental animal and demonstrated to be the same microorganism that was originally isolated from the first diseased animal. Okay, so those are the four postulates by Dr. Koch from the 1890s. Uh, As noted many times, these criteria were written before the discovery of viruses, so fail to include them in their consideration of what a disease is. All right, so there you go. For what it's worth, uh, believe it, don't believe it. To me, again, the virus has been isolated. Fine. I believe the virus is real. It's killing people. It's serious. We need to mitigate risk where possible. We need to protect the vulnerable and let the rest of us get on with our lives. Uh, Okay, back to uh, Brad Olson. And uh, Brad, I want to take another quick question from the YouTube chat. Uh, Wilfred asks, um, where are the bases? What are the bases like in Antarctica? Uh, so you want to tell us a little bit about uh, New Schwaben's land and these supposed uh, Nazi bases where um, they uh, – well, tell us what you, what you know, what you found. Sure. Well, where I traveled to was the uh, northern tip of the Palmer Peninsula. I did not go to any underground bases. I did visit six research stations uh, around that area and talked to several – people that worked on the bases trying to collect information on this. But I love history, and I do profile several aspects of the New Schwabenland expedition in the late 1930s when the Third Reich went down there and claimed quite a large section of Antarctica just directly below South Africa, what's now, if you look on a globe, called Queen Maudland. And I do know where their base was. It's near the Schumacher Ponds, and all the mountain ranges around there have German names, Base 211. Admiral Dolenz bragged that they had created an impregnable fortress for our Fuhrer in an endless array of ice, and they were able to get their U-boats deep underground or deep under the ice. In my presentation, The Hidden Anomalies of Antarctica, I show Antarctica without the ice, And indeed, there are long channels that extend well into the continent that a very fearless crew of submariners could have gotten deep in there. So some of these bases are also part of just the features, the natural features of the continent. Antarctica is the most geothermically active continent in the world, the most volcanoes, in fact, over 91 that are known. So it would create these large domes under the ice, and it would prevent people from being frostbitten and exposed to the elements. It would also create a heat source as well as uh, fresh water that could be extracted. So it's quite conceivable that uh, perhaps with some hydroponic technology, growing your own food, you could exist down there for extended periods of time. And that is what is believed is some of these um, inner corporate, uh, in even ET bases that have existed there for quite a long time. Look, if you wanted to hide somewhere on the planet under the ice of Antarctica and the deep depths of the ocean would be the best place to go. And in fact, those are the last great unexplored areas of our planet. So a lot of mysteries with Antarctica and a lot of data that there are 
great underground bases there. Right. That's an, uh, you know, we need an entirely uh, other show show to get into that. And I think we have talked about that on, if not on this show, certainly on my podcast and on coast to coast um, shortly after your, your recent trip there two years ago. And, uh, you know, one of the things that we I'd love to talk about, we don't have time, and that is all of these tremors, something like 30,000 tremors in the Antarctic since the uh, the end of August. And not a lot of uh, earthquake activity, seismic activity in the Antarctic, from what I understand, but there, it has occurred in the past. But now 30,000 tremors since uh, the end of August. However, uh, that's for another show. Uh, we just have a few minutes here, and we've got to tie an, a, a ribbon on this and leave people with some good news. How do we fight back? Well, we fight back by being aware. The revolution is consciousness. It's us waking up. It's the great awakening, not the great reset, which is great for them, but not so great for us. So it's just nonviolent resistance. This is what the great peacemakers have always said. We're not going to be able to win this war fighting them uh, with guns because they're way better armed and way better prepared. What we do, we have the numbers, and we just start educating and informing ourselves And then if it feels right, talking to our family members and our friends and just doing what Gandhi did to free India from the British Raj and Martin Luther King to free the black people. Look, we got holidays to celebrate these people because they did make great changes. And that's what we have to do. We have to resist this globalist agenda trying to lock us all down. For extended periods of time, who knows when this thing's going to end? They'll just come out with another mutation and say, "Oh, well, we got to do it again." But we're not going to let it stand. And people that just start doing nonviolent resistance will start to uh, help other people wake up, and hopefully, we can turn this around sooner than later. What about this idea that you know we're entering into this fifth dimensional reality, and that this is going to cause some mass consciousness? uh, evolution uh, and that we are, you know, I mean, it's one thing for for me to talk about it on the radio, maybe reach a few people, you to reach a few people, they tell a few friends. I mean, that could take forever. But the idea that that there's going to be this simultaneous mass consciousness raising uh, cosmic event as we enter into some fifth dimensional reality, we've got a couple minutes. Can you talk to me a little bit about that? Well, yeah, and that's ultimately where we're going. Everything evolves, everything from animals to the planet to humans ourselves. We are on a trajectory to get better and smarter. And our trajectory is to become multidimensional beings. I talked earlier about extraterrestrials, interdimensionals, and the third are ultra-dimensionals, those that can transcend in and out of dimension and our time and space and our physical reality. And it's not like if we go into a fifth dimension, we're just going to like disappear and not be there. But what it means is we're going to start adapting and start having some of these superhuman abilities and perhaps our pineal gland becoming uncalcified and helping us to become really superhuman beings. And that's what I believe the fifth dimensional change is going to be all about. So is that going to happen just regardless? We just have to sit around and wait for it, or do we have to prepare somehow for that? Well, many, much of it is, is the, the changing cycle. The new yuga cycle is now upon us, the age of Aquarius. Uh, we're entering a period where we're in the center of uh, the light of the center of the Milky Way galaxy is now coming right at us. So we're at this awakening period itself. Is it going to happen in our lifetimes? I think so. I hope so. I want it to. I want to help bring it about. Maybe it will take other generations. But uh, all we can do is be the best people we can be and, and as awakened as we can be and help foster it in on an individual basis. Uh, Brad, how do we get a copy of um, Beyond Esoteric Escaping Prison Planet? Well, it is just launched, so you can go to Amazon.ca, or even better, go to your local bookstore and request that they order it for you. Support local businesses. Uh, you can find me, bradolson.com, if you want to know more about what I do. My life, uh, CCC Publishing, although we're having uh, uh, running out of supplies. This book's doing real well. We're going to have to go back to the printer already in one month. Uh, 
first time this has ever happened. It's a good problem to have. It is a good problem. But, uh, so I'm a little short uh, ordering through my website, through CCC Publishing, but uh, we're going to get some more books and get them out there. And um, you can also check out my YouTube channel, CCC Publishing, and Esoteric Series, where I do a lot of my audiobooks are available uh, for viewing for free. So you can watch the audiobook version of modern esoteric and future esoteric are on there now. Fantastic. Brad, you're doing great work, and uh, thank you so much for hanging out these last two hours. Oh, it's always a pleasure to speak with you, Richard. Thank you for having me on, and uh, once again, I always look forward to our next discussion, because we always get into some really great stuff. Yeah, well, we have to keep talking about it while we still can. (laughs) All right, my friend, be safe, enjoy the skiing. All right, thanks so much. Okay. I always love the apres ski. That's my uh, area of expertise, the apres ski. All right, my thanks to uh, Carlos Cagina and Ryan White back next week with, what are we doing next week? Oh, Matt Landman will be here to talk about uh, geoengineering just in time. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite, I'm coming home. Good night.